You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from Heritage Baptist Church in Corpus Christi, Texas, led by Pastor Johnny Chen. Our church is dedicated to serving Jesus Christ and reaching the world by going forward with the gospel. We pray that you will be helped and blessed by this message from God's Word. Turn to Psalm chapter 29 and let's begin reading in verse 1. Give unto the Lord, O ye mighty. Give unto the Lord glory and strength. Give unto the Lord the glory due unto his name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. The voice of the Lord is upon the waters. The God of glory thundereth. The Lord is upon many waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. The voice of the Lord breaketh the cedars. Yea, the Lord breaketh the cedars of Lebanon. He maketh them also to skip like a calf. Lebanon and Syrian like a young unicorn. The voice of the Lord divideth the flames of fire. The voice of the Lord shaketh the wilderness. The Lord shaketh the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord maketh the hinds to calve and discovereth the forests. And in his temple doth everyone speak of his glory. The Lord sitteth upon the flood. Yea, the Lord sitteth king forever. The Lord will give strength unto his people. The Lord will bless his people with peace. Father, we ask that you would be with the message this morning. Be with it in power. Uh, Be with it in uh, illumination of your word. Be with it in a, uh, a lowering of distractions and a focusing of our minds. Father, please fill me with your spirit and uh, help me not only as I preach, but as we as a church look to take steps to be able to begin meeting again. We thank you for the lessons that we have learned during this time, certainly a time that we could call a storm. And as the storm, uh, as we are praying for the storm to dissipate, uh, help us to take the lessons that we have learned in it with us uh, as we go forward with the gospel. We ask this in your name. Amen. Growing up near Chicago, every once in a while, you would be able to see a very tremendous thunderstorm. One of my first jobs was at Elgin Country Club, and I was a caddy, and then eventually I was promoted from uh, working as a caddy to working in the bag room, is what it was called. Very glamorous, I know. But it was where all of the members who were too rich for their own good kept their golf clubs, or at least one set of their golf clubs. And then they would call in, and you would get there around 5 in the morning and see who wanted to play golf that day. And you would go to the uh, bag room, get their clubs, set it up on a card, or give it to the caddy that was going to be with them. Uh, But every once in a while out there in those big trees, uh, most of them oak trees and maple trees, Uh, a big storm would come through, and there was a siren there, obviously. Not really a good idea to be swinging a metal golf club while there's a storm brewing. So there was always a siren that went on if there was any lightning within a 10-mile radius. And I remember there was one time, um, and I don't remember exact time of year it was, but we had a storm that I could not describe to you, and I was there on the property, and the bag room entrance was just a garage door, uh, kind of a roll-up metal door. And we were just standing in there seeing those trees swaying back and forth. And if you went out just a little bit, you could look up to the left and you could see the, the clubhouse and where all the members were. 
and everything was just brought to a halt. And the trees, some of the biggest trees on the, on the golf course were brought down and all over the fairways and the greens. And it took about uh, two months, if I remember, to get everything back to normal because of that storm. But it wasn't until we moved to Texas that we saw just how much more powerful a thunderstorm could be. I'm not even talking about hurricanes. I'm just talking about Texas thunderstorms are incredibly impressive. And uh, there are some great sights in this world, but there are few things that hold such power and bring such fear as a storm. Uh, if you don't know much about my family, our, our little one, Everly, and uh, she's about to be four uh, coming up this week, uh, but you know how scared she is of the thunder. Not the thunder, but the thunder. Um, we're still working on that. Um, but it brings fear, and I think that's why difficult times in life are often compared to a storm. Uh, think about when you enter into a difficult time or a hard time. Think of all the characteristics that it shares with the storm. So first of all, storms are completely out of our control. We have no idea when they're going to come. They come when the Lord sends them, and they can come in an instant. Uh, my wife and I got to honeymoon in Puerto Rico, and we were in San Juan, Puerto Rico, just a beautiful area. And you would be outside, maybe walking on the resort, and it was beautiful, and it was sunny, and you would look out over the water, and there was a little cloud, and then the next thing you knew, there was a storm over you, and you had to run in, and everything was shut down. It seems like in an instant, it would brew up. And uh, when those storms come again, everything can be shut down. Even the best laid plans, the most important events, the rich and the poor find no escape from a good storm. Uh, again, thinking back to the, uh, to the Elgin Country Club, you had caddies making $7 an hour staring at the storm going by and you had millionaires up above staring at the same thing. It grabbed everybody's attention. And really, Nobody knows when the storm is going to end. Just as you can't tell when it's going to come, you have no control over when it's going to end. And hard times in life are, are like that in, in many ways. Think of the songs that we sing so often that make this comparison between storms and life. In the dark of the midnight have I oft hid my face while the storm howls above me and there's no hiding place. Mid the crash of the thunder, precious Lord, hear my cry. Keep me safe till the storm passes by. But long before that song was written, or the haven of rest, or shelter in the time of storm, or master the tempest is raging, this song in Psalm chapter 29 was written by David. Because man has always dealt with the storms of life since sin has entered into the world. Job said, man is born unto trouble as the sparks fly upward. We don't know exactly when David wrote this song, but whatever the date was on the calendar, it seems pretty clear that David was watching a thunderstorm when he did write it. Maybe he was a young shepherd when he wrote this song and uh, maybe a storm came and he has just found shelter for his flock in a cave or a barn and he looks out to watch the storm. Maybe he was king looking out from his palace and if that's the case, he would have had a panoramic view. Uh, you can go and see where David's palace would have been and how it was uh, settled on top of the hill of Jerusalem. He would have been able to look out and see the rain descending upon the mountains around him. He would look down and possibly see his people uh, sheltering and packing up all of their wares in the market. He could look up and watch the clouds gather and darken the sky. 
And while there were many in his kingdom that may have been fearful of the storm, while the heathen would think that the thunder was the anger of the gods, or while the atheist would say that the lightning and thunder was just a phenomenon of science, David saw and heard something else entirely. As one preacher put it, to David, God was everywhere conspicuous. God, uh, David saw God in his shepherding duties. David saw God in the heavens that declared his glory. David saw God in the valleys and in the mountains, and now even in a thunderstorm that perhaps reminded David of some of the hard times in his life, depending on where he was. Even in a thunderstorm, David saw and heard God again. Look at verse 3 and 4. The voice of the Lord is upon the waters. The God of glory thundereth. The Lord is upon many waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. There's a truth that echoes throughout Scripture. And the sooner we grab onto this truth, the harder we hold on to this truth, the better off we will be. Even when the storms are raging, God is still God. Yes, Job said man is born into trouble as the sparks fly upward, but then he continues to say, I would seek unto God. And unto God would I commit my cause, which doeth great things and unsearchable, marvelous things without number. We have a choice in every storm that we face. We can either focus on only the storm, or we can focus on God in the storm. We can either believe that the storm is hiding the Lord, or we can believe that the Lord is guiding the storm. It makes me think you can learn a lot of lessons from Peter. What a wonderful man of God. But one of the greatest lessons that you can learn from Peter was a lesson that I don't think he ever meant to teach. And it's this. When you're in the midst of the storm, as long as you keep your eyes on God, you'll be just fine. You'll make it through. But as soon as you take your eyes off of him and put it on the storm, you'll sink. But when you start sinking, just call out to him. He's not far away. Now that I've given away my entire message, um, I'll present the lessons that I see in, in this chapter. And I have four all together. So the first two are going to be about God in the storm. And then the third and fourth are going to be about how God in the storm affects you and me. So did you catch the repetition in this chapter? There's actually two uh, repeated phrases in this chapter. So the Bible says, give unto the Lord three times. But seven times the Bible says, I just held up ten fingers. Hang on. There we go. But seven times, <laughs> seven times, the Bible says the voice of the Lord. Did you catch that? I would, I would underline that, highlight that. The voice of the Lord, the voice of the Lord. And that tells me something. Number one, while the storm is raging, God is still speaking. While the storm is raging, God is still speaking. When others go through a storm and, and in life and they say, where is God? Where is God in this storm? David would look back and say, what, what do you mean? God is all that I see in the storm. God is all that I hear in the storm. That's not just the thunder crashing. That's God speaking. That's not just the lightning flashing. That's God showing forth his majesty. Listen to me this morning. It doesn't matter how great the storm may be. God's word still stands. His voice can still be heard. Don't believe the lie that God can't be found in the storms of life. He's the one who sent it in the first place. Every storm in life, both literally and figuratively, 
is carried by the voice of the Lord. Therefore, every storm must have a divine purpose, and every divine purpose can't help but have a dramatic effect upon this world. Uh, God's voice is too powerful to fail in its mission. It is too full of majesty to be ineffective. I'll prove it to you. Look at verse 5. The voice of the Lord breaketh the cedars. Yea, the Lord breaketh the cedars of Lebanon. He maketh them also to skip like a calf, Lebanon and Syrian like a young unicorn. The cedars of Lebanon were known for their strength. Now, maybe we're not very good poets here, but we can see very easily how David is using poetic language, uh, symbols to, to bring forward this, this imaginative picture of this storm coming by. Both Isaiah and Jeremiah spoke of the cedars of Lebanon to illustrate pride and strength. When Solomon built his great temple, uh, the temple of the Lord, he used the cedars of Lebanon. Uh, Lebanon and Syrian were references to the mountains that, that towered over the countryside. And what is David saying? When God sent a storm, what seemed to be so strong was brought down to nothing. Those mighty cedars were snapped like twigs. Have you ever seen a, a heartbreaking picture of a car wreck into a tree? Where that car, it's, it's, it's just a mangled mess of metal. And that tree does not move. Uh, that, that car could be uh, thousands of pounds going at 60, 70 miles an hour, and that tree does not budge. And the car just seems to disintegrate into that. But when God sends a storm, David said those trees, they, they move like they're made of rubber. They skip like a calf everywhere. Uh, mountains that can withstand a nuclear blast shake when God sends a storm. So how does that apply to us? We'll look around today at all of the things that seem to be so strong. The global economy brought very low. The oil industry suffering. New York, the city that never sleeps, was put down for a nap. The world governments struggling because God sent a storm. Call it a recession. Call it a strange occurrence. Blame it on a bat. Blame it on China. Blame it on Trump. I say, along with David, God is speaking. That God is teaching us that nothing is stronger than him. That leaning on him is the only guarantee of staying upright. That leaning on anything other than him, even though it may seem strong, is a very foolish mistake. Look at verse 7. The voice of the Lord divideth the flames of fire. Now, let's not get distracted here. He's talking about a storm. What flames of fire do we have in a storm? A divided flame of fire. Lightning. This verse is describing a lightning bolt. Now think about lightning. Lightning is unpredictable in every way, every shape, and every form. We can't tell when it's going to strike. When it does strike, we can't tell where it's going to travel. It splits off into multiple directions, sometimes into hundreds of individual ribbons of light. So one could describe lightning as random or erratic or unrestrained. But David says, no, I don't see it as random at all. I see it as regulated. I don't see it as erratic. I see it as, as organized. I don't see it as unrestrained. I see it as subdued by God. What scientists refer to as the violence of Mother Nature is actually the voice of God the Father. Some call the storms of life random, uncontrollable circumstances that just affect whoever lies in their path. David says, no, God is speaking to us, teaching us there's nothing 
that happens in this life without first being sent forth by his almighty permission and his supervision. Verse 8 and 9, The voice of the Lord shaketh the wilderness. The Lord shaketh the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord maketh the hinds to calve and discovereth the forests. And in his temple doth everyone speak of his glory. Let's keep this simple. There's nowhere you can hide from the voice of the Lord. Run to the farthest wilderness, and the heavens will still declare his glory in perfect clarity. Seek shelter in the deepest forests. But when God sends a storm, the leaves of that canopy are stripped away, leaving everything discoverable. The hinds, the deer, are brought to deliver their calves when God sends a storm. There's a lot of different conjecture about what this means. Here's what I see. Even animals are affected when God speaks. Even they are smart enough to know God is talking. It reminds me of a poem. Descend to instances and try. An ox will not attempt to fly, nor leave his passage in the wood to swim with fishes in the flood. Man only acts of every creature in opposition to his nature. Only man can be so foolish and so blind as to miss the voice of the Lord in a storm. Turn with me to Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1. I want us to see what happens when man goes through some type of storm, when man hears God speaking and fails to react in the way that we should. When man knows it, that it is the voice of the Lord, but we ignore his guidance. Look at what happens in Romans chapter 1, verse 18. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. The wrath of God is revealed from heaven. Why do we think that even in, uh, uh, oh, what, where did I see it? Even in a worldly, uh, I think it was, it was an insurance policy from a worldly company. They were talking about all these different things that would qualify you to file a claim. And one of them in there was acts of God. Have you heard of that? And what are they talking about? A tornado, a, a hurricane. They don't call it weather-related. They say acts of God because the wrath of God is revealed from heaven. Now, no, it's probably not just talking about physical things. It's probably not just talking about weather. But we would be foolish to ignore that God does speak to us in that way. Uh, that's what Psalm chapter 29 is based all about. Verse 19, Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God hath showed it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen. Not only are they seen, they're understood, being understood by the things that are made. What do we understand about it? This is God's eternal power. Even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse, because that, when they knew God, they glorified him not as God. Neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Let that never be said of us. Let that never be said that we didn't give God the glory due unto his name. Let it be said, as it says in Psalm chapter 29, verse 9, that in his temple, in his house, which is the church today, 
doth everyone speak of his glory. When we come through this, or when you go through a storm, or you hear somebody else who has gone through a storm, a lot of times people talk about the storm. Wow, what a storm. What a virus. What a time. What a No, no, no. When we come through this, we say, wow, what a God. Because even in the storm, God still speaks. Number two, while the storm is raging, God is still reigning. Number one, while the, while the storm is raging, God is still speaking. And number two, God is still reigning. Look in verse 10 of chapter 29 of Psalms. The Lord sitteth upon the flood. Yea, the Lord sitteth king forever. Let's put it this way. You don't have to worry about it raining on earth because God is still reigning in heaven. Down here, things may seem dark. The rain may be strong. The wind may be howling. The lightning may be blinding and the thunder deafening. But high above, God sits on his throne, speaking through it all, reigning over it all. The storm is not the king. The storm is nothing but a messenger in the hands of God and a reminder that he alone is ruler over this world. We said near the beginning, as we've said constantly uh, over the past month in one way or another, every storm has a divine purpose. And that purpose is never to destroy God's people. That purpose is to strengthen God's people. Look at the first part of verse 11. The Lord will give strength unto his people. Have you ever prayed for God to give you strength? I'm assuming the answer to that is going to be yes. And if you have, then you will have probably noticed that you didn't just wake up the next morning with more strength. God doesn't just give you strength. What does he do? Instead, he gives you an opportunity to be strong in him. Notice with me in this verse, God is the source of our strength. Only through God will we ever find the strength to make it through our storms. Now, somebody who has been paying attention, or maybe if you read this over, you would have noticed it. I promise you, you would have noticed it. So in verse 11, the Lord will give strength unto his people. In verse 1, we are told to give unto the Lord glory and strength. Is the Bible contradicting itself? No. Is the Bible saying that we have strength to give to the Lord? No, absolutely not. We get the strength from the Lord, and then what do we do with that strength? We use it to give glory back to God. And why does the Bible say in verse 2, give unto the Lord the glory due? Have you ever heard of paying your dues? Dues do not you do not owe anybody a due unless they have first given you something. Give unto the Lord the glory due unto his name. Why? Because in the storm he still speaks. Because in the storm he still reigns. And because God speaks in the storm, we can find strength in the storm. That's number three. God speaks, God reigns, and number three, because God speaks, we can find strength. And when we find that strength, we give him the glory. And what did it say in Romans chapter 1? When they knew God, they glorified him not as God. You may say, Pastor, how does God give us strength in storms? What is the channel that transfers God's strength to us? Well, we've already seen how God still speaks in the storm. So it stands to reason that if we just listen to his word, and if we obey what he's saying, we'll find all the strength that we need. Do you remember when Jesus gave a parable about a storm in Matthew chapter 7? Where the rains descended 
and the floods came, and the winds blew. And there was one house that made it through, and there was one house that didn't. What was the difference between the two? Jesus said, Whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. So number three, God speaks in the storm. And because he does, we can find strength in the storm. We can make it through any storm when we just listen to God's word. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. But it's dark out. Well, that's what a lamp is for. That's what a light is for. The sheep hear his voice, says in John 10. Jesus says, the sheep hear his voice and he calleth his own sheep by name and leadeth them out. And when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them. And the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. And a stranger will they not follow. Why are we following the government? I'm going I'm to beat this drum until it breaks. Why are we following the government? Why are we following anybody other than the Lord? We, we don't know their voice. We flee from him. That's what we're supposed to do. For they know not the voice of strangers. He says in John 10, 27, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. God speaks in every storm. Do we listen and do we obey? And lastly here, because God reigns in the storm, that means he will bring us through and we can have peace. So remember them with me. While the storm is raging, God is still speaking. While it is raging, God is still reigning. Because God still speaks, we can find strength. And because God still reigns, we can have peace. The second part of verse 11, the Lord will bless his people with peace. Nowhere in this psalm does David say that the storm ended. And yet he speaks of peace from God. But pastor, it seems like everything is out of control. Well, it may be out of our control but it's not out of his control. I just don't know what to do. Well, we would if we would listen to his word and obey his word. There is not one crash of thunder, not one gust of wind, not one flash of lightning, not one drop of rain where God is not speaking. Not one storm in this life that isn't meant to point us to him. Uh, I don't know. I'm just so afraid. What if the storm just keeps raging? You know, a long time ago, 12 men on the Sea of Galilee asked that same question. No, they didn't ask it in that exact form. They asked it in this way. Master, carest thou not that we perish? And Jesus arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are ye so fearful? How is it that ye have no faith? And they look at him and say, what manner of man is this? Even the winds and the seas obey him. I'll tell you who it is. He's the God in the storm. So let me ask you, are you going through a storm right now? Let's put the virus aside. All right, are you going through a storm of weakening health? Are you going through a storm of struggling finances? 
Are you going through a storm of spiritual weakness? Are you going through a storm of a divided family or a frustrated work situation or a broken relationships? Listen, God is still speaking. If we listen and obey, you'll make it through. And remember, God's still on the throne. So give him the glory due unto his name. When you make it through the day that you say that you weren't going to make it through, give him the glory due to his name. Trust in him. Has he ever done anything? Not to earn your trust. Worship him. I'm telling you, even when a storm is raging, you will find no greater peace than at the throne of the king. Thank you for listening to our audio preaching podcast. For more information about our ministries, or if you would like to get in contact with us, please visit our website at heritagebaptistcctx.org. May God bless you as you go forward with the gospel this week.